0: Good morning and Merry Christmas. There we go. All right. So we're going to start today like we have uh, almost every Sunday this calendar year with a review of our memory verse. Now, today's memory verse is doable. It is within reach for everybody. And if you need a second to review, it is on your handout.
1: And, and it,
0: it involves three words, love, never, never. Fails Absolutely. So what we're going to do, if you know the memory verse for today, stand up. We're not breaking process. I'm a process guy. So if you know the memory verse for today, stand up. Yes, I have plenty of gifts for everybody, so don't worry. If If you're a, I'm not sure, if you're a, I'm not paying attention, if you're a, We're not listening yet. That's okay. We'll just do some peer pressure and we'll stare at people until they feel uncomfortable. There we go. We've almost, almost got everybody, nobody that I can pick on, but perhaps someone that's at the table can pick on this beautiful Smoking hot lady who will just not stand up for her husband. Oh my goodness! Thank you.
2: There we go.
0: Love never fails. Here
1: we go. Love never fails. 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 Love never fails.
2: Love never fails. Love never fails. That's right. Love never fails.
1: Love never fails. 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 Love never fails.
0: Amen.
2: Love
1: never
0: fails. Love never fails. Is this awesome or what? I love it. Love never fails. Love never
1: fails. Love never fails. Love
2: never fails. That's right. Love never fails. Love never fails.
1: Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. fails.
2: Give it
0: some gusto. Give it some gusto. Love
1: never
0: fails. Amen. All right. Now, everybody, go up to the table and pick out what you would like. Merry Christmas. All right. So today's lesson is lesson number three in the uh, famous love series. So two weeks ago we looked at love chooses and saw that love is a choice. Um, Whether that's inside or outside of marriage, it's an intentional decision to choose to love another person. Last week we looked at the concept that love wins. That God's gift of love to the church will endure and will never fail. And this week we finish our series looking at love does. Now love does, uh, the concept here is from a book uh, entitled Love Does by a guy named Bob Goff. He's a attorney in Washington D.C. Uh, he's the founder of Restore International, and uh, just a really fantastic speaker. It, he is probably the most encouraging, spot-on, uh, brightest star in all of Twitter. So if you if you have a Twitter account and you are not following Bob Goff, you are misusing Twitter, in my opinion. So do yourself a favor, follow him. It is brilliant nuggets of encouragement throughout the day from an angle that you might not expect or, or not one that I, would, I have seen. Uh, I'm going to teach today's lesson in the style that Bob Goff wrote the book and it's a series of stories. So uh, he doesn't do what I'm about to do first, but we're always going to start with scripture. So 1 Corinthians 13 is should be on your handout. Uh, so let's start with verses 4, 5, 6 and 7. This is the paragraph that really deals with love and action. So, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. So, my question for you is how many verbs are in that passage? How many verbs are in that passage? So take a sec, count them up, and we'll see if we can come to a consensus. She
1: says
0: 19. So I've got to vote for 19. Anybody else? How many did you get, Shin? Got 16. Anybody else? English teacher is hard at it, focusing intently. Going to give us the Grammarly answer. Another good Twitter account to follow, Grammarly. Um. Wow, okay. Well, how many did you get to? That's why you got different numbers, because it Would you like me to tell you how many verbs there actually are based on the Greek? Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: there are 15 verbs in this passage, so there are 15 verbs in this passage. Now, here's my question. When we describe love... What's the next line in your handout? Love is a verb because love... Anybody want to take a guess? Yes. Does. Yes. Love does. Love is active. Love is moving. Uh, Bob Goff says love is a do thing, which I absolutely love it. So I'm going to use uh, a couple different words to describe uh, the stories that we're going to tell today. So engaging is that first section, then ushering, incarnating. We've got to tie this back to Christmas, right? And then homeworking, which is a totally made-up word that passed the spell check in Word. That is apparently a legitimate word, homeworking. So, who knew? You learned something new today. All right, so one of my favorite uh, quotes that Bob Goff uses in the book uh, is that first uh, quote underneath the the subtitle, Engaging there. Either way, I'm with you. Either way, I'm with you. So, I've got... uh, Three different names and three arrows, and I'm going to tell three stories. So Calvin Whaley, a couple of you have heard me tell this story before. Uh, Calvin Whaley was a Sunday school teacher in the church that I grew up in in Shelbyville, Tennessee. He had a beautiful wife, two beautiful little girls. They were probably three and a half and two, uh, and they lived on a farm, as almost everybody that I went to church with growing up lived on a farm. We all lived on farms. We all had farm equipment. We all knew how to use farm equipment. And uh, many of us actually cut our yards with bush hogs. Um, Anybody know what a bush hog is? You know what bush hogs are? Good. Okay. This was my nickname my freshman year at Bob Jones was bush hog because I was telling a story and I used the word bush hog and all my Yankee friends went, what? And I tried to describe it to them and they said, I don't don't understand that. And the guy that would become my best friend uh, said, well, I just take an extension cord and plug my lawnmower up into it and we just mow for I said, Whoa an extension cord. They make them in electric models? I mean, this was, this was news to me, right? So uh, Calvin Whaley lived on a, a farm. It was probably, I don't know, 20, 30 acres. Uh, he had a small farm, and uh, his wife mowed the front yard, which is probably half a dozen acres, uh, with a tractor and a bush hog. And most of you know that a, a bush hog runs off of a power takeoff, uh, there's a rotating part on the back, and you probably can figure out where this story is about to go. Uh, he comes home from work one day, and he finds the tractor uh, run up against a tree, and she is in the front yard, and uh, just a, a horrible, horrible, horrible tragedy. So now we have a widow and two infant, uh, very, very small children, and uh, and we, like most churches, that if you grew up in church, what you typically do in times of tragedy is you bring food over to the family, right? And um, so I will never forget uh, driving up there. Lo- most of us had long driveways. Drove up their long driveway. My sister and I are in the back seat of our car. Dad's driving. Mom's in the passenger seat. And I asked Mom, I said, so, so what are we doing again? He said, well, you know, Calvin's wife died, and we're going to come bring them food. And I was like, okay, all right. And, uh, and, and Dad looked up in the rearview mirror and he said, when our friends need help, we help them. I said, okay, all right, I'm, I got that. So we go, we do that, and, you know, they're both, Calvin's still in shock. This is just a couple of days, you know, it's been a day or two since she died. And uh, we get in the car and we drive back down the driveway. And I'm, I'm looking back at their house. i never forget, I'm looking back at their house and we're going this way. I said, Mom, tell me why, tell me again why we do this. And she turned around and she said this quote that I have been using for years now because that's what we do. We engage, we go, and we help because love is a do thing. So my first story on engaging is that's what we do. My second story is Tim Fleming. Uh, Anybody want to guess who he's related to? (laughs) He's related to me. Uh, He is a uh, 29-year-old Uh, older version of me. I know exactly what I'm going to look like 29 years from any point in my life because it's exactly like my dad. Uh, He doesn't have an awesome beard, but pretty much anything else is about the exact same. So I'm going to tell a little bit of Julie and I's testimony real quick. So our testimony is a fancy church word for story. So that's all that means. Um, If you haven't seen this video that's going around Facebook about the, the churchy words, I'll try to post that in the Sunday school class. It is absolutely hilarious. So uh, and it was deeply convicted a couple of times on mine. So, so Julie and I met at Tennessee Temple, and uh, I impressed her with my uh, math skills in the math class. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you that story one day. I blew the curve on a math test that we were participating in and instantly drew the ire and hatred of the entire class. <laughs> a wonderful way not to swoon a woman, okay? Just wonderful way. And uh, so fast forward, we date, uh, we fall in love, uh, we date, and we had talked about, you know, maybe a, a Christmas wedding and setting a date and having some timeline, and, uh, and we're not righteous in our relationship as we should have been, and uh, she came to, you came to my work one day, right? Or was it over the phone? It wasn't over the phone, No no. (laughs) She's like, nope, wasn't going to give you that opportunity, Uh, but communicated to me that the pregnancy test came back positive, which is a problem, right, because that wasn't the order of operations, to use our math terminology of the way things are supposed to work. You're supposed to get married, then you have sex, and then you have children, and go from there. So, um, we were really terrified because both of the churches that we grew up in were extraordinarily conservative. As in, I received feedback on my college choice that both Bob Jones University and Tennessee Temple University were far too liberal places to go to school than where I should have gone. So, so I am terrified of communicating this information to my father. She is terrified of communicating this information to her father. Uh, she caught, we were sitting in uh, my apartment and uh, she called up her dad and she told him and they were crying and it was tough and whatnot. and uh, picked up the phone and was like alright it's my turn to call my dad and uh, my dad's just a he's just a do things by the book kind of guy he's just going to follow a process and we're in line we're doing the right things and uh, I told him I said dad we're uh, Julie and I are going to be getting married uh, weekend after next in Gatlinburg and uh, it's because we are pregnant and there was this I'll never forget what he said next. He said, okay. He said, uh, have you stopped and made it right with God?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, we have. So he was concerned about my relationship with Jesus, which, wow, right? We're not throwing rocks. We're not doing anything else. And the next thing that he said out of his mouth is on your handout. How can we help? And uh, and I, I just wasn't ready for that. Hey, have you ever... Have you ever experienced somebody just uh, tackling you with love and taking you down and you're just going, I just didn't see that one coming, Uh, completely out of the blue. And some of you right now are completely overwhelmed with the idea that your Sunday school teacher got his girlfriend pregnant right before they got married. Yes, that's true. And that was yesterday. It is not today. Today. When I get up here and I talk about that the Christian life is about today and about tomorrow, it is not about your yesterdays. It is because I have a yesterday too. Guess what? We all have yesterdays. And the right answer to problems is how can we get engaged and help? It is absolutely beautiful. So, we still had a problem because Julie and I had started attending Stuart Heights at this time. So, now it gets really interesting, right? Because... Now we just need to disappear for a weekend and then show back up with this ring on my hand. And everybody go, hey, okay, that's cool, right, wonderful. Uh, The funny thing is that our first Sunday, I'll talk about this in just a minute, our first Sunday at Stewart Heights, we walked in, we weren't yet married. Charles Alexander just assumed we were married. He ushered us right into the young married Sunday school class. (laughs) And we just hung out with them because, hey, that's cool. This is probably who we're going to be hanging out with in a couple months, so we'll just stay tight with it. And, uh, and it took them a couple weeks to figure out that we weren't married because they started asking questions about things that we weren't married and you know it just wasn't the way they worked. So uh, Lance and Sherry Gregory were the teachers of that class. And uh, this is the part I will not make it through. Uh, and they were uh, exceptionally gifted at inclusion and putting their arms around people and saying, you're with us. And um, and we talked to Daryl about the timeline of everything. And what I didn't realize was that that timeline didn't matter to Lance and Sherry. Because we, I'm going to be a little vulgar here for a second. There's a, a southern phrase, you didn't have a pot to piss in. You ever heard this? Yes, we didn't have a pot to piss in. And needed a whole bunch of stuff. And really, we're pretty confident that the, even though our parents responded in a way that was pretty awesome, that their associated churches might not take that approach. And we ended up being wrong in, in that assumption, but, but we just needed some stuff, right? I mean, there's just some physical stuff that you need when you have a baby, and we didn't have that stuff. So, uh, so Sherry came up to me one Sunday morning and said, uh, hey, Jim, uh, we want to have a baby shower for you guys. And and I, we were kind of in the corner, and I said, Sherry, you, you don't. Yeah, I'm still in the old way of thinking, right? I'm still in the. We have sinned, so we are outside of any love and acceptance and inclusion." And she said, uh, "I said, I said, Chair, you don't. You understand? We we the here's the order." And she said, "Yeah, we're we're going to have a baby shower." I said, "Chair, you don't, you you really you really don't understand. I mean, you you just you can't do this," and the next thing that came out of her mouth is the quote that's on your handout. Of course we are. And, and to her, this type of giving love was just a natural part of her expression of her Christian faith, which was, we see somebody that needs help, and we are going to go and help them. We are going to engage. Um, I asked my wife last night, I said, is there, is there anything that we got at that baby shower that we still have. Like keepsakes or this or that and the other. And and she actually went to the garage and she has this uh, couple bins of really, really special things that uh, meant something to us uh, when we were young in our lives uh, associated with our first child. AGF is what's written on here. Anna Grace Fleming. And somebody cared enough to go and have something monogrammed um, and, and to work and to provide and to help us in a time that I just wasn't ready for that. And, and people ask me all the time, so what's so special about Stuart Heights? And every single time I'm asked that question, that baby shower is the thing that I start talking about because that was our moment of I really don't know what to do. And somebody engaged. Because love is a verb. Love is a do thing. So Donald Miller has a great quote from the book Blue Light Jazz. Um, there's a couple of good quotes from the movie, from the book Blue Light Jazz. He says, Something was broken in the world, and we were supposed to hold our palms against the wound. You may have noticed at this point in your life, but there, were, there is brokenness all around us in the world. And we are not called to put our hands in our pockets and lean up against the wall. We are called to get our hands out of our pockets and to run and to engage and to hold our hands against the wound that is bleeding of those that are around us. And this is messy and this is painful and this does not have nice, neat little corners with a bow on top. Many times, we do not know the outcome of how this is gonna take place. We just, we go and we engage. So, Sean, I'm gonna ask you a medical question. I think you probably know where I'm gonna go. When somebody gets stabbed or shot, what needs to happen to that wound? You're supposed to pressure on that wound, right? Can you do pressure from a distance? No, you can't do pressure from a distance. You can't do engaging from a distance. You have to be up close. Jared Wilson is a pastor in Vermont, and he's got one of the greatest quotes that I've ever heard. He says, Brokenness will find you, and I pray that you are holding the hand of Jesus when it does. Because you want to already be close. You want to go, A trauma has happened in my life, and I need to go find God. No, 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 no. God's there with you during this. This is what this season is about, God with us. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So part of your homework this week is to find someone and tell them, either way, I'm with you. You remember that? You remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. Sitting in the sanctuary after, yeah, I'm talking to you. Albert. Sitting in the sanctuary after <laughs> service that day?
1: Yes. I had
0: read "Love Does" two weeks before, and I had been praying for an opportunity to tell somebody. Either way, I'm with you. That's where that came from. He looked at me when I said these words to him. He was like, "That was a good line." I was like, "Yeah, I know. I stole it." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. So that's the engaging part, the ushering part. Bob Goff has a quote here. I think I put it in the uh, in the handout. Ushering. We're simply the ones who show people to their seats that someone else paid for. Isn't that beautiful? Um, so I'll talk about two ushers that have had an impact in my life. First is Brother Herbert. How many of you grew up in a church where you really didn't know the person's last name because you just called him Brother whatever? Yes? Okay. Uh, I actually knew this gentleman's last name because he was the father of our pastor. Brother Herbert Tedder. And Brother Herbert would stand at the exact same door every Sunday morning and he would greet people. And he had a question for me that I just assumed he asked every kid that came through the door. Uh, and his question to me was the exact same question every single week. And it, and it wasn't a, uh, so, da, 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 I mean, it was, he was, he was thrilled to be able to, he would, st- I'm, I'm even doing it, I'm mimicking. He would stand on his toes and lean forward when he would ask the question. He was so excited to get to ask this question. He was kind of bouncing. Now, this guy was 70s, at least at that point. And um, he would ask me every single Sunday morning, if God calls you to be a preacher, what will you do? (laughs) I said, well, I'll go do it. It's great. It's great. It's great. And for years, we had this exchange. For years, we had this exchange. And one Sunday morning, I asked him, am I giving you the right answer? (laughs) Thinking, seems like we've covered this, right? (laughs) Right? And he shocked me with his response and he said, no, you're not. Really? Because it seems like that's the right answer if I'm, you know, I've been taught my whole life, yes, sir, absolutely, that's what we'll do. Um, And he taught me the right response was whatever he wants me to do. He said, I want you to expand your view of what God can use your life to do. He said, You will hear people, good people, loving people that will describe being a preacher or a missionary as the things that God really, that's what He wants like, oh, His chief servants to do. He said, no, whatever He wants you to do. He may call you to do something completely different. And I remember thinking, you're the usher, and that was a great sermon. You ought to to like go stand over there and, and speak that from the mic so more people can hear this. Just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, So this ushering people in, this idea that there is room, that there is more that can be done. Second person is Charles Alexander. you got to talk about Mr. Charles, right? Um, So I'm not going to talk about we had been visiting Stuart Heights for three weeks and he handed me an offering plate and asked me to take up the offering. Because he did that, right? He did that. You probably did that to some of you all, too, I would imagine. So, Yes, How, let's get a show of hands. How many you got? One, two, three, four? Yeah, okay, awesome, great. It's just, and you're here, right? So as crazy as it sounds, it really works. Just gets you engaged, right? Um, so Easter at Coolidge, year number one was led by Denny Brown. Year number two was led by um, Craig Miller. I was, I was like, no hair. Um, Year number three, also led by no hair, uh, Chris Cordes. Uh, and year number four, I was asked to lead Easter at Coolidge, which I thought was a ridiculously big deal and not kind of sure about this. And uh, like a Sunday after I had been asked to do it, I was sitting in the hallway at church one Sunday night, and uh, Charles Alexander came up to me. and said, uh, you, look, you look like you got something on your mind, Jim. Now, you, you got to know Charles because Charles is hes going to state Charles is the guy that will tell the emperor he has no clothes on, okay? Like, I think I think you're naked. I think you are. Okay, cool. Let's just be, right? Would he not? I mean, they just, okay, right. Um, and, and we love him for it, right? Because we know that that's the way this is going to be. Sound effects, that's all right, don't worry about it. And uh, he, uh, he, he tells me this often. He tells me this a lot. Uh, Daniel, can I borrow you for a sec? I just need somebody to, I want, I want to illustrate this as well as talk about it. So, He he usually, now Charles, you know, there's a certain, there's face me for a sec. There's a certain amount of like, this is about the right distance to have a normal, that we normally have a conversation, right? Okay. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure it's because he, he can't hear you, but is, is that what it, because he's always been this distance with me, which, I mean, we've been here 14 years now, so cool. But he'll, he'll kick, get kind of right here. And, and when he really wants to tell you when he rebukes me and he does and it's good and it's helpful every single time he'll put his arm around me I thought oh no I'm going to get rebuked right here we go <laughs> and he goes you all know something I said what's that he said you can do this Charles I didn't I didn't tell you what I was thinking about it don't matter you can do this oh alright well cool you know what and I, and I literally I, I, I remember standing up a little bit straighter he said there you go <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, but you know what I needed? I needed just a little bit of encouragement. And, and that's what happens here, right? The, we can usher people in to the fact that love is a verb and love does. So when I came up with this harebrained idea of stuffing 100,000 Easter eggs in one day... <laughs> Because that's just stupid, right? I mean, let's just be honest, right? Uh, I, had, I had three or four deacons come up to me and go, you know, this isn't going to work, right? I was like, well, thanks. That's awesome. That's awesome. And the morning of, like the morning of, we did that first Easter egg stuffing party. At, I don't know if you might have seen me in the bathroom that morning. But I, I had this good, solid three full minutes of sheer terror of this ain't going to work. <laughs> this is going to work. And me and Julie and maybe Albert and Justin and Carrie and probably Darla are gonna be hanging around for like hours (laughs) stuffing Easter eggs, and this is gonna be bad. And you know what I remember? I remember Mr. Charles putting his arm around me, saying, "You got this. You got this. Like, okay, we got this. We can do this." So, what's your next blank? Here's your next blank. There's more room. Love draws people in. Love doesn't recognize boundaries and never obeys the rules we try to give it. Because those times you get tackled by it, you go, I didn't, I didn't think that was in the box of the list of things that we could do. Absolutely, it's in the list of things you can do. Go engage. Go usher people in. This is what love does. So the second part of your homework is to find someone and tell them, there is more room for you. It's a beautiful thing. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Because I really think that this passage exemplifies the Christmas story. Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. Right? I mean, if you're going to introduce God into the world and demonstrate not parading itself. How about let's put a little baby in a manger, right? Yeah, I think we checked the box on that one. About as hard as you can check the box. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. See, those angels showed up and started singing on that hillside because they recognized that truth had just entered the world they were rejoicing in truth had entered the world there's a beautiful beautiful thing illustrating this passage rejoices in truth bears all things yes we recognize Mary now for these amazing events that happened but that night that night What do you think was going through her head? I got the short end of the stick here, right? I mean, my family thinks that I've done something wrong. I'm pregnant. We're not even in a a nice place. We're kind of on the run. We've got to go pay taxes, and I'm having a baby in the middle of somewhere that's not really my home. Bears. Bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things now this next sentence is the reason we're doing this series when i read this book i instantly thought oh my goodness i have got to tell my class this i have been pumped up about this sentence tim for 6 months 6 months it has been burning would you like me to tell you the sentence yes The sentence is, after Jesus arrived, God whispered to all of humanity, it's your move. I have put love where you are. It is your move. What are you going to do with that? How do we respond? Here is the demonstration of God's love for us for all of eternity. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to sit back Lean up against the wall, put our hands in our pockets, and not engage? Are we going to sit back and let somebody else usher someone into a life of sin or towards Jesus Christ? Are we going to engage? Are we going to pull back? It's your move. So there are three pieces of homework at the bottom of that page. One is not listed there yet. I want you to write the third one. One is to tell someone what. Either way, I'm with you. Either way, I'm with you. And if you don't know of somebody to tell this to, tell your spouse, either way, I'm with you. Okay? And to find somebody else. There's room for you. We will make room. We will, we will, provi- we will get this accomplished. And the third thing, so you thought those things that you came up on the table a while ago, that, you thought that was your Christmas present, didn't you? That's not your Christmas present. That's your reward for saying the verse. This is your Christmas present. This week's Sunday school class is sponsored by Lifeway, by the way, because you're winner. <laughs> All right, so I need, I need people to understand that this book is good, so I need you to read this book. So I need one member of every family to stand, one member of every family to stand. Oh you gotta be kidding me. This is gonna be awesome.
2: Love does. 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 Love's got sticky backs too. Love does. Love does. No, 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 no,
0: no. This is your time to be served. Thank you. When I hand you one, if you will have a seat, that would be great.
2: That way I know where I'm at. (laughs) Love does. 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 See, she gets to. You don't get to, Dave.
0: Thank you. Come around this way. This is my favorite Sunday of the whole year. Y'all know this, right? Love does, Mitch.
2: Love does. Love does. Love does. Love does. Love does. Love does. Love
1: does.
2: Love does, brother. Yes, it does. Love does. Love does. And love does. Look at there. I got three left.
0: This is my happy dance. (laughs) It's your move. It's your move. What do you want to do with this? God put his son in the middle of the earth and says, it's your move. So, thank you for coming to Sunday school today. Thank you for engaging today. Thank you for not sleeping in on a day that matters to me. Thank you for letting me love you. Thank you for letting me teach you. Thank you for being here and being engaged. Do something good. Not just do something. Do something good. Read the book. Engage with people. Usher people in. Do the work that God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So let's do our prayer requests at our tables. Pray as a table, and you are dismissed, and have a merry, merry Christmas. Thanks, guys.